and nobody misses like this, man. It's crazy. Welcome back, everybody. Backlash Radio, Anthony Pino from the Blood Money and Hook Optics. My pal from the 305, Nick Carullo. How you doing, buddy? What's going on? How you doing? Doing well, man. Season's coming to an end. I'm hoping to go one more day. Um, end of the week, but we had a decent day last Wednesday, which was nice. One of my bosses made it down and caught uh bunch of mahis, three white marlins, and uh had a blue marlin paddle in on us when we had a bunch of mahis on. Came to the teaser. I saw them in the sonar and like went by this the lobster balls that kind of basically fads. And uh I was just had mahis everywhere. And I saw this thing and I was like, I'm just gonna keep on driving to it. And then it was such a disaster by the time I got to it. There's Mahis jumping everywhere. And the we marked him on the bottom machine. I'm like, I'm pretty sure he's back there. And he fired in on the fired in on the teaser and uh couldn't get in the switch. But still fun. I couldn't believe that it didn't eat a eat a mahi like they typically do yeah, for yeah, us. But um yeah, I was happy. October, I think it was October 5th. Catch three white marlins out of three, double and a single, pile of mahis, lose a couple wahoos. So pretty how's it how's it been for the fleet up there? It's been okay. The, there's like this anomaly of water that that pushed in off the Gulf Stream that pushed north, and it just like left a band of a band of water from basically from the Norfolk Canyon all the way to the to the Wilmington and it's still there just above the Wilmington between the Wilmington and the Spencer. It's 85, 80, not 85, 81 degree, pretty blue water. And there's some fish in it. It's not like red hot because it's moving. It was, it was moving very, very quickly. But I think since we've come off the moon, things have slowed down. So the, the water has slowed down. So there was some good fishing today. Tun- tunas and wahoos, mahis. So I just really want to catch some, some wahoos for uh, Chris Ragney, uh, Big supporter on the Bill Slayer out of uh, Indian Indian River. Big supporter of Hook Optics. Caught 10, 10 wahoos and two yellowfins in a morning before this cold front came, which was pretty pretty badass. Nice, pretty good. good fishing on him, and that's awesome. Oh yeah. So he charges it forty three Cabo, probably the the best charter boat at Indian River, North Europe, not North Carolina, Indian River, Delaware. He does very well for what he's working with. So so cool, man. Got a couple. Uh, Listener questions and topic that we're going to talk about. I guess jump right into the topic. Fads. I was fishing off of some some fads. I guess lobster pots are fads that that come and go, you know, so they're not permanently there. We did catch a white marlin, and we did see that blue marlin off of fat off those fads or off the not the the lobster pots, and we we killed a bunch of mahis. Mark the cabia style. Yeah, oh yeah, we backed up, got the spinners out, went went nice. went real charter boat on them. Almost nothing. I. I you know, it was October. What am I going to do? Like, I wanted to catch some meat. I got to catch some meat for the lady because she's the, she only eats eats fish. So I got to get her protein. We got to stock up for the winter. So gotta get your diet in check. Yeah. So those are, I mean, those are those are a day saver here up up here. Sometimes you find something floating, or you go you you hop from ball to ball, lobster pot to lobster pot, and now like if you're if you're patient enough, and especially with the sonars, if you fish off of them a little bit you can definitely get your your fair share of marlin bites you know it's not as good as like somewhere like dr or costa rica or even further south like where uh michael defreites is fishing down in saint lucia where 
where they're like they're I, I think if they were there constantly, they would they would hold more fish. But I also think, and this is what I really wanted to talk about, was that I also think that they would get 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 picked clean constantly, you know, because nothing really hides here in Ocean City. There's such a volume. When we do have the right conditions and the right weather, there's such a volume of people that fish out of here. It's like, you know, whatever whatever whatever's happening is gonna get get crushed pretty quickly by the just the sheer volume of boats you know so i mean just it'll be like one day it's good and one day it's not good yeah yeah and then you got to basically wait for like typically the the balls or you got to wait for a big weather event to come and then hit it right after you know because then they load up again if the right conditions are around it but here here's a condition such a condition oriented fishery that you know it doesn't really matter, but like I, I'm, I'm still thankful that they don't. We don't have like permanently based fads like they're doing in Texas and Puerto Rico and in the DR. Um, I don't know what's your experience. I mean, you spent plenty of time in the DR. Yeah, I mean it's it's nice to fish to something, you know. Yeah, but it could. I mean, you know, I, I see both sides of a lot of guys don't like it, frown upon it. But I mean, I mean the the way I look at it, like if if you're new to having a sonar i think taking your boat to the dr is probably the best place to go and and really learn how to use it because you get like captive targets and you really understand how to approach your fish and but and it's really taken the dominican fishing from you know pretty pretty average to what can be amazing fishing you know like before this fads you'd hear about the fishing in 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 there they had the springtime white marlin and the mixed bag fishing out there on the rocks you know this is 15 plus years ago and it was good don't get me wrong it was definitely good for what you know what people were used to back then but then they started putting the fads out there and it became a completely different fishery and it improved and improved the fishery um yeah so but that place like i i feel like i didn't realize when we were going when we went there a couple years ago that there's like if you get 10 boats fishing and and out of either casa de campo or or Capcana, like out on the fads, that's a lot of boats, you know, like there's, it's just not that, that much pressure. Yeah. I mean, out of Capcana, I mean, I can't really speak so much of a Casa Combo, but Capcana, I mean, you have a lot more water, you know, cause you could fish all the way from the East and then you could run 30, 40 miles West. And, you know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of ground you could cover inside offshore. I mean, it's, you could, it, you need a lot of boats out of Capcana to really make it feel busy which it can't happen though because i mean right now the marina is completely full really yeah yeah um i mean it's become just the past few years it's become such a hot spot you know yeah it's i don't know i just feel like there i don't think they get fish to the point where like did you have you ever noticed there going back before my point have you ever noticed like a, a string of fads being good and then like maybe you and maybe one or two other boats hit it and like have great fishing and and then do you feel like you could go back to that fat that's that group of fads every day or do you have to fish there and then the fish like change their behavior after they're caught and then they move on and then you got to go find another group that hasn't been bothered yet yeah i mean maybe it'll be good for maybe a couple days yeah yeah but it's not going to be like really good for more more days on end but 
sometimes if you do have a lot, a lot of bait on it and you, let's Mm -hmm. say you do catch a bunch of fish there one day. I mean, I wouldn't say you could go there again and just wear them out again, but you could probably rely on seeing another fish or two on that fab because of all that bait, you know, and you're just going to get, you get some fresh fish to swim by because of all the bait there, you know, the bait is there. I mean, and you learn, you know, especially with the sonar, the bait has so much to do with those fads, you know, like Mm -hmm. you could, you could pull up to a fad and you just, it's, it's clear and you don't even do a donut around it. Just keep going, go to the next one. No bait, just keep going. And then you mark one with bait and then it's like, all right, let me, let me do a few laps around it or something. See if I can't mark a couple fish, Mm -hmm. you know, but, but the sonar there, it's just made it so made it nice. You know, I found it. Yeah. I found it like fishing next to, um, James on the salty fair, you know, they, he really understood you know dealing with the fishing with the condition like understanding the conditions and where he knew the fads were how to you know work a string of fads very very efficiently so like you know he didn't waste any time so you just you know like you're saying you you find you you go through them and you don't mark anything you just kind of move on with your life you know and then you find a good one and you you and i think there you know there, there's a trick to being good at fishing there don't get me wrong and, but a lot of it has to do with not missing fish and and understanding how to how to work the fads and, and see the fucking things like the first like three or four days there i didn't i couldn't see them like everything's white because it's just rough as rough as shit every day and then like i, I was like man what the f-? and then i i see something on the sonar and be like oh there's a fad you know but i wouldn't but like i was like lost it's like where are these things you know yeah 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 it takes you a little getting dialed in and you know yeah. looking at them and everything but but there's definitely something to like working a string of fads you know mm-hmm. like because like there could be a few days where you just basically work the same string you know yeah and like that's you a certain string sometimes will be super super productive but the problem is if you're catching them there a couple days in a row it's just a matter of time so you know there's three four or five boats starting starting to kind of come in on your string you know because you're typically you're calling in those fish every time you catch one you know just to be courteous yeah um yeah i mean but yeah if not you just keep traveling and stuff but and you'll see a lot of guys too like salty fair you know they'll work off their string and where they've been wearing them out the last few days and all of a sudden you'll see them pick they'll wind them up and run 20 miles you know and yeah just get the whole new body of water yeah do you so getting to why i wanted to talk about it like i've heard in costa rica like you know they got those there's big fads that are way out there they're and like i would like i feel like these are what you fish in the dr like more artisanal fads are kind of just thrown together with whatever they got you know those those ones out there in costa rica they're like industrial they were put out by a ship you know they were really really thought out well and yeah, put in fifteen yeah, thousand dollars yeah they're in yeah they're more than that i mean the, the budget that they put out they used it to uh put them out and and maintain them you know it's a lot of, it's a lot of work and a lot of a lot of time going in but i feel like from what i've heard and i've never been out there so if anybody listening uh has has thoughts about this please please feel free to to, to chime in um you know you get to a fad and it's really good like talking like 20 20 30 40 blue marlin bites off of it and then like you pick at them and you whack them all day say you catch 20 25 
and then the next day it's not it's not nearly as good you know because so i i think what happens is like and this is my theory now with with all the fishing whether it's free range fishing or or fad fishing is like even though we're catching releasing the fish we bother them enough that they're going to change what they're doing because the 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 experience of getting caught and released has definitely fucked up the fucked them up for a day or two you know or i don't know how long but the the tagging data that i've seen from the sat tag say seems to indicate that they kind of swim one direction after they get caught you know yeah so um do you feel the same way like in your experiences yeah i mean like you said i mean i've seen some some i guess info back on the sat tags and stuff and like you said i mean sometimes it seems like they just haul ass and go far away or yeah but you know sometimes you catch them and they just sit right back to where they were and that's their home you know yeah so yeah i'm sure i mean they're not all the same but i feel like i feel like for the most but yeah if if you're on a fad and you're wearing them out on a fad i mean you just but you know i don't know i could be wrong i haven't fished the fads in costa rica but i I would assume that after a couple days of good fishing on one fad i mean i don't can't see it still produce big numbers but yeah i just feel like it changes their behavior just enough and they maybe they come back to it in a couple days but like it changes maybe it like their attitude of all the caught ones swim way and the ones that aren't caught follow yeah maybe a new batch of fish just finds it you know um but like i i definitely have heard stories where like oh yeah we had 40 bites at a fad and we caught you know i just feel like sometimes when the fish is that good and the the fish are that froth frothed up and they're feeding like you're gonna if you're gonna miss them or see them until you actually catch them and then they're not going to bite for the rest of the day so if you like catch have a great ratio in the morning or that that entire day and then like there's none left i think then then you got to kind of move from my experiences like they feel like they got to move on to the next one you know yeah so it's pretty it's pretty interesting and i i I see the reason why i wanted to talk about this topic is because i saw and in the bite that they were putting some fads off of uh off of texas and there's there's some off of puerto rico that the government's put like the government's putting out and i don't know if it's i'm pretty sure it's the 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 fishing game of texas or whatever it is um and if anybody has any uh any info on this feel free to chime in but i just find it hard to believe that with the meat fishing like in a place like costa rica or the dr where the most people that are are sport fishing or or catch and release marlin fishing like the impact is minimal you know you start anchoring fads off the mid-atlantic here or off the gulf coast 60 miles away like they're going to congregate fish and they're going to work until all the fish are gone you know if they whether it's mahis or tunas i see it here in the washington canyon with with no fads i don't know what in the hell goes on underwater in the corner of that canyon but there's tunas there all of the time and people when they're when it's good the tunas and the sharks and the whales and everything is there and i just feel like i don't know how much pressure a place like that can take you know i get concerned 
Like if you say, say, for example, you put one in a thousand fathoms outside the Baltimore and a piece and you know, you're like, oh man, look at the water, water, there's pretty blue water out there. You know, it's a no brainer. Everybody's going to go there and pick it clean, you know, and I see it happen with the mahis on the lobster pots or mahis or what, what, what have you on the lobster pots here. Um, and I don't really have a problem with people going out there and catching their fish. You know, I'm not saying that, but I just think that the idea of having government sponsored industrial fads off the, off the, the coast of the U S might, might take well, definitely might. I'm thinking about it. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if it, you know, alters some fish patterns and stuff too. You know, if we started yeah. putting them all up and down the coast or something, you know? Yeah. And like, I guess one argument is all oh, well, they're they're congregate more their fish are congregated so they'll breed and that may may or may not be true but if we're killing them faster than they breed then then we're having a problem you know and i don't mean to get all 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 green on anybody but i just i really i don't i'm not saying i'm concerned about it but i just have my thoughts on it and i feel like yeah yeah, i I mean i don't know i don't know i feel like we're a ways away from putting them up and down the east coast oh god i hope so i mean yeah yeah i mean they're talking about these windmills i mean i know the windmills are going up off of massachusetts and they're working on putting them off up here out of ocean city so and they're talking about putting some floating ones off out there like i feel like the the oil rigs in in texas like or in the gulf coast they're so far from land that you really got to the work to get to them and really invest the time and the effort but if you're putting them, and I'm pretty sure that they're putting them, the these fads in closer to where these guys have been catching the whites and the sails um, the last year, and uh, I just I think it's going to take the take the art out of you know fishing, understanding water and fishing, you know. But I also yeah. think that it could could create some issues when it comes to overfishing. I guess I mean I I don't want to say that recreational we definitely don't don't have the same impact as like large commercial operations, but I'm not, you'd be, you'd be naive to say that you don't have an impact. You know, I mean, I've seen it and I'm, I've killed my fair share of tuna. So I'm not, I'm not standing on a soapbox. I just think it's something that we, that people need to think about, especially, especially governments, you know, if people like the guys in the DR, like, Ponga fishermen putting out fads, catching whatever they can off of it. That's one thing. Start putting fads off of a place that every boat has a sonar and every boat boat's gonna kill whatever they're legally allowed to kill. Start to think about something. We'll probably get crushed. Might just become a liberal, sounds like. So <laughs> sounds like it. Yeah. So just something to think about. I don't know. Do you have any more thoughts on that? Do you do you enjoy fishing? Faz or do you get tired of it? I mean, I like it when I'm like, in DR, you know, like yeah. I mean DR, I know that's what I'm doing, you know. But yeah, yeah. Other than that, I'm fine without them. I don't have an urge to put them anywhere else. But yeah. Definitely in DR, it's you know, it's like that's what you're going there for. You're fishing for smaller fish, you're fishing for numbers, you know. So I think it makes it, you know, it's fun, you know, that's that's what you're there for, you know. I feel like like the DR is like an angler's destination. Like you're going there, you're like yeah, you're going the, there to get practice. You know, like, yeah, yeah. You know, to practice. Like for my guys, it was great. You know, like get them, get them reps. You know, like where yeah. else? Where else could we? I take them and get see 
fights like that, you know. Yeah, especially with blue the this the blues there. They're they're aggressive little creature there. They'll definitely they you gotta stay on your A game to really have a good day there. You can I mean I think hungry, they you know they could be definitely we definitely missed our share, but you know, you get bites, it's fun. And you know, where else are you gonna do that in the Caribbean, you know? Yeah. Yeah. But I'm sure there's places, especially if you keep putting fads. I mean, I'm sure there's gonna be a lot of places popping up where where the crazy numbers. Yeah, where the fishing was like there was some fishing, and then there was really good fishing because the of the fish congregating, you know, and fads, and then because of the sonar too. Yeah, for sure. And yeah, I mean, and maybe taking the art out of out of fishing, coming from somebody who runs a boat with the sonars. It's probably a little bit hypocritical, but I have my theory. I have my my opinions. I don't really give a fuck. Yeah, I don't know. I just found it interesting that they were putting those fads off the Texas or off the the continental U.S. And I'm pretty sure their their government at least they're at least the government. I'm sure the government approved, if not government funded, which I find interesting. But it'll be a good test. I really hope that they don't ever put them out of here, even though. We've we've tried on the blood money to put fads out, much to my uh, much to my dismay. Te- but Texas Texas boys make their own rules, so yeah, I'm not worried about it. Yeah, we tried that once. We lost all three of them. The fads gone, like immediately. Throw it over the side, and you're like pay the thing, throw the thing over the side. And like, oh, I wonder where that went. <laughs> so. I'm pretty sure two of them tumbled down the hundred con hundred uh hundred fathom line. Yeah. So but yeah, I mean that's interesting. And I, I do think that it does improve fishing certain places, you know. But I don't I don't necessarily if you're catching and release fishing, I think it's it's fine. It definitely is gonna alter how they, you know, I think it mean your yours experience is that that they're definitely not always if you you keep on hitting a group of fads or a fad for a long time, they're going to change their pattern and not be there. And as far as you know, catching meat fish off of them, which I've never really had, that's going to be an interesting experiment in Texas. Yeah. So. Um, yeah. So yeah. See, you know how We're, far offshore they are. I want to say like sixty to eighty miles, right there where they fish. Um. So not not too too far, but no, but I mean it's definitely with within range of the majority of boats, like the type of boats that would fish out of Texas or or the Gulf Coast or you know the United States. We got we just have the resources here that like going sixty or eighty miles, especially to a place that you know there's going to be fish or where you have a good chance of having fish. That's gonna that makes it a lot easier to say, hey, I'm going to go a hundred miles. Because I know this thing's there and it's going to be holding, you know, like when we're talking, when we talk on the dock here in Ocean City, and we see a piece of water out there, 70, 80 miles, and it's like a whole thing, like, should we go? Should we not go? Like, is it going to be there? Is it for real? What is it? We did this thing. We did this in the mid-Atlantic. We ran 130 miles. Everybody ran up there to the Toms. And it was like a whole big thing. Like everybody's there really wasn't anywhere to go. 
And everybody, everybody I talked to would be like, are you going up there? Are you going up there? And everybody's like, yeah, I think I'm going to go up there. Like, I'm like, where else the fuck are we going to go? Like, there was no other place. And we all, everybody that I was talking to, like, we all knew that they were going to be there because we, I'd like to think that we kind of have an idea of what, what we're looking for. And they were there, you know, but that's a big gamble. But if you have a giant fad or an oil rig or something there that you know that fish are going to congregate around, you just go to it. You don't even think about it, you know, just like they do in the Hudson Canyon and the Hundred Square and the Washington Canyon corner of the Washington. They just go and you know that the the life is going to be there and whether you can make it happen, that's on you, but the fish are going to be there. And then I got a whole another thing about feeding fish to sharks. Yeah, we won't get in the shark problem. No, I think that's been covered many times on many yeah. different podcasts. Not not only our own or the old ones. Better. No. So we had some listener questions. I think we could do that next. Um read them if you if you would. Brian Jones um got a 28 regulator out of Virginia Beach, fishes mostly mid-Atlantic tournaments on a charter boat. Um uh, the good old spring mix, the yeah, boat that uh boat that you know yeah and says he's a decent angler wants to take the next step to be a real tournament angler where can he go what boat uh captain mates programs can he fish with where he could get advice and get better as an angler he says he's hooked a few marlin but he wants to get better he's like i'm willing to travel and also if there's any local boats that he could ride on for teaching uh and repetitions any advice or help he would greatly appreciate. Yeah, man. What's your area? What do you got for him? Um, well, I'll so, start then. Yeah. Um, I mean, if you're willing to travel, I can tell you, you know, there's no place like Guatemala. Go fish with David Salazar and get some reps on sailfish and, you know, occasional marlin here or there, but that's some sick fishing, calm, and you get plenty of bites and, you know, fish with fish with some good guys down there um i definitely enjoy fishing down there so there's there's in my mind there's if you really focus on getting better at hooking fish there's there's four places in my mind that ha- that have the numbers that in a three-day period you could really make three or four day period of fishing really really big improvements obviously the cabo area from cabo to mag mag bay is probably your best bet when it comes to just full-on wide open fishing and getting 60 bites a day that's probably going to be your best best bet for the most consistent incredible fishing that you're going to see that's going to get you the most bites guatemala and costa rica are both very consistent destinations and then isla Mujeres, mexico i think if you're an angler with deadbait angler and you want to get good at at white marlin fishing i i still don't think that there's a better place than isla and understanding, being able to deal with the Atlantic sales there and the kind of finicky, fickle nature that they can find themselves in there. You know, sometimes they're full on and it's full on head and shoulder bites, but a lot of the time it's a lot of following around and understanding, you know, how to get the fish to bite, going from trying to tease them, wind it up, drop it, jig it a couple of times, and then getting it in the free spool when you get the bite. 
I feel like that is a place that is is kind of underrated in the last couple of years. And the fishing hasn't been that good consistently for like months on end. But around Valentine's Day is typically when it's it's the best there. And you can if you have the days where you have a couple trolling days and then you get to see the cutters and the, the bird fishing and that and experience that, that is the best experience i feel like if you have the fishing in isla guatemala is incredible i mean it's consistent too i would say consistency in guatemala is probably a little bit better than costa rica the last few years i mean as far as sailfish goes yeah and you know here like a good both costa rica and and guatemala are good practice for here in the fact that you're going to see the majority sales but you will throw in a marlin there because we see the majority white marlins but then you throw in a blue marlin every once in a while up here that can make or break that can really separate yourself up here as a as a team if you say everybody catches four or five whites and you catch four or five in a blue and you confer it on your blue that's a big deal any any one of those places in the winter and the dr can be consistent too you know right about now the october november's december moon can be really good yeah, DR. Um, as far as people to fish, fish, charter boats there. Yeah, as far as people to fish with, you and eat, we can fish with you in Isla. Well, here up in Ocean City, we don't travel anymore. So in Isla, the Obsession is probably a good one. Any of any of those boats from Oregon Inlet that go to Isla typically are good uh, good boats to fish on. They they know what they're doing. They're dialed in in Isla. And they've been catching whites and sails for a long time. I think it's, I think it's really important to specify when you step on the boat that hey man, I'm gonna I'm here to learn, and I want to have a rod in my hand. And I don't know if you're going with a group or if you're going by yourself or what have you. But understanding, letting everybody know that I'm here to learn and I want to be involved because there's there's much more to being an, an, a, a good angler than just hooking the fish. If you want to get into higher level tournament fishing, the idea of being able to fish as a team and understand your role as an angler and help the mates help help the mates keep baits in the water, I think is is a good attribute to have. And if you pay attention to everything that's going on uh, in these areas, you'll get you'll you'll get better and build confidence and be able to go to a lesser fishery like the East Coast and still and be confident when you do get your one or two shots a day. You know, if you're you know. Ocean City here, you're lucky to get four or five bites. So if you're an angler, unless you're the only angler, you're probably only going to get one or two bites over the course of the day, and you don't want to mess them up. So any one of those places. But Isla, I think I our group fishes, and the couple years we went to Isla, we had a great ratio, and our guys always go to Central America on the Pacific side. And I just sometimes I feel like those – sales on the pacific are a little too forgiving they're very they're big they're aggressive they're there it's basically if you can control the backlash you're probably going to hook them where i think in isla it's a little little bit more of a finesse game your your drop back needs to be a lot lot smoother and free or you're gonna they're gonna drop you or you're gonna miss them so i think they're both both all all those places and then Obviously, Cabo, Mag Bay area is just, you're just, if you're a straight up beginner, 
it's hard to beat that place because you can get yourself 10, 15 bites a day on your own. You got to have, you got to be on the right boat and you got to have the right crew to want to make sure that if the fish are a hundred miles away or 140 miles away, you're going to go there, but it, it'll, it's full on. It definitely, in my experience, it's so good that it really doesn't, it's not the best training for, for up here, but it's still awesome. And you learn how to fight fish effectively there. Cause those things are mean. Like I fought them for, we fought them for an hour before there. Like you can you hook five and then that first guy hooks five. Like if you're the if you got bit on the right long and the first of a five or six banger, you're there for you're fighting that yeah. fish for an hour. Yeah, you're done. So and that's that's something too that you know a lot of people just think with the fishing we do, hooking the fish and backing up, hooking the fish is the hard part, which it typically is. But understanding how to fight the fish and work with the captain to get the fish fish up if he sounds is is something important too that I think is lost on a lot of people lately. And and the DR is a great place. Like those fish get get kind of down and dirty sometimes and you got relatively light tackle. So you gotta understand how to apply drag and and the captain needs a and how to work with the captain to get a get a fish up if he's deep. And I think that's a lost art for sure with this type yeah. of fishing. So, absolutely I, I love all those places i'm super fortunate to have gone and el salvador too we're going there at the yeah, end of the I'm month for that i'm pretty excited my birthday is on the second it'll be our first first day of fishing i think so i've always wanted to catch a marlin on my birthday i missed one one year out of here two years ago but i've never caught a marlin on my birthday so super excited about that and el salvador is good but the places the with the cruise, Guatemala, Costa Rica, I mean, pretty much everybody you fish with in Costa Rica is is going to be able to teach you how to fish. It's just the fishing there last couple of years is, is because of the pressure and the number of boats there. It's not been nearly as consistent as, say, say Cabo or or Guatemala, in my opinion per boat the best the best teams in the world in between january deadbait teams in the world between january and april or in costa rica if you could hop on with any of them a lot of them are private boats but your learning experience if you if you can find yourself on a on a high level boat your learning experience will go your your level of confidence will go from grow quickly it's amazing how how few reps can build a good angler if they're if they're open to open to a little bit of how would how would you put it nick on your boat a little bit of forceful criticism is that probably how it works on the on the wire transfer i'm a little bit more patient these days so i just kind of constructive criticism well from what i heard on your on your boat it's a little bit more forceful i'm a little more tactful these days if the captain's yelling at you don't take it personally they all yell but that's that's my uh opinion on trying to become a better deadbait angler i like it yeah you gotta get uh, rich down a couple of those places absolutely but um got another question for you jetty girl sport fishing for anthony um they fish ocean city and they ask what are your two favorite dredges and do you change 
anything in your dredges from marlin fishing to tuna fishing. All right. My two favorite dredges are the uh, the Lumo Lumo Green uh, squid dredge, and uh, we fish it with like these these silver mud flaps behind it. But I prefer not to fish the silver mud flaps. And then um, the red squid dredge with black mud flaps, which I do like the black mud flaps on the back of the red squid dredge for some reason. And uh, just rigged as they come from my uncle, uh, Squid Nation. Just I have started putting another tier in front of a, a single tier in front of uh, our red squid dredge. So we fished those for the last three years, almost religiously every day, no matter what. And then this year, we came up with a another one that was like a black and blue with some crack minnows and those fish down sea fish. And uh, I was pretty happy with how it worked out. I've seen a couple of fish to that side. So I, uh, I don't really change it. Red Lumo squid dredge and, and then this uh, blue and blue and black with a little bit of silver in it fish down sea we were fishing a, a quadruple dredge on one side this year because we were fishing we found ourselves fishing on a fair bit of bait so we changed that was that's the first time in three years that we've changed our dredges but typically it was uh the lumo and the red and i we put the lumo squid chain over the lumo side and the red squid chain or the pink squid chain over the red side and every once in a while if there's a lot of flyers we'll We'll pull the blue squid chain or the flippy floppy chains. And that's it. That's I don't we don't put too much thought into the dredges. The same for tunas, right? Same thing. Well, I, I have not fished I used to fish dredges religiously for tunas, but I found that what happens is they're they I think a lot of people understand tunas as like this big explosion that comes out of nowhere. But they actually track the boat quite some time before you actually get the bite a lot of the times, right? So they're down there. They follow the boat like a marlin, but you don't see them. They don't, they don't show themselves like a marlin does. They, they follow the, the boat 10, 15, 20 feet down or, or deeper when they'll follow the boat. And then they'll, they'll look up and tell, one of them will commit and hopefully the, the, hopefully the leader commits and then the rest of them commit suicide with them. But I found that if we pull dredges, the cover-ups, this is and this is early season tuna fishing, May and April, or not May, April, uh, May and June, typically out of Ocean City. I found that the schools of tunas would follow us. And if the dredges, if the dredges were in the water, they would follow us a lot longer. It took a lot longer to get bites. And and the cover-ups weren't nearly as aggressive and they weren't as many fish as if if we were just fishing all surface stuff. And it seemed like when they committed, they could, they really committed. Sometimes with the dredge, you had to like, if you marked them really good, you had to be like, move the dredge and pull the dredge out of the water and you'd get a bite, but it wasn't instantaneous. Um, I will say something that we've been doing for the last couple of years on the blood money is we mark a fish and I wait 30 seconds. If it doesn't show up, I kind of like wind the dredge up. And a lot of times, a mar like if we mark a marlin i learned this tuna fishing but if we mark mark a marlin i wait 30 seconds and i'm like hey why them dredges up and typically we get them to show themselves so 
I don't necessarily think you got to put a lot of effort. Whatever, whatever you have confidence in, as far as far as the dredges, it it, it works. And then just focus on fishing close to them. And if if you're marking them and you're not getting bit, maybe maybe wind them up as as you're uh, as you're still trolling to maybe get another to get, entice a bite. So that's kind of something that we've been doing. And like I said. I feel like the tunas definitely track the boat a lot deeper. And I think if the dredges are there, they tend to track the boat even deeper, in my opinion. And then they're less, they're less, uh, they're less willing to commit, like really commit. Like you're driving along. Like if, if I was pulling a a tuna, a a tuna spread with 10 or 12 rods, I'm driving along and I get a good mark and I got the dredges in the water, you know, I might get six or eight bites, but if I mark them really good with none, none, they, they're coming for you. Well, if you're already pulling eight or ten baits anyway, that's right. yeah, it's yeah, and it's it, it's a lot. You know, the, the the dredges are good because they're not on the surface. So when I was doing that, I was pulling them on a super heavy lead, and I was pulling the dredges up close to the boat with all the all the tuna stuff in the back, eight eight twelve rod, eight to twelve rods, and I was pulling them pulling the 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 rods further back, but the dredges a lot tighter than I would marlin fishing. Um. Maybe I was doing it. Maybe maybe that's why. But I just found the the fish a lot less a lot uh, a lot less willing to commit with the with the dredges. And uh, I will say that if you're going to use the dredges tuna fishing, the the fat daddy dredges, squid nation fat daddy dredges, which are the little squids that have like eighty or ninety squids on them, work really well. I'd prefer to, I prefer to use those for tuna fishing for yellowfin fishing rather than the regular eight and eight inch squids or nine inch squids that we use for marlin fishing. So, but if you look over and if you're fishing somewhere where, where there's a lot of flyers out there in the deep, or you look over and you're like, Oh man, look at all those white marlins cutting on those red squids. It's probably a good indicator of what you should be pulling. Try to match the hatch, just like the fly fishermen people do. Match the hatch. Yeah. So cool. Yeah, man. If we don't have any questions, that's kind of all I got. Fads, practice, dredges. That's it. So hopefully I get one more day fishing 80 degree water in October. Maybe get a couple more bites. I hope so. On this dismal season for for the blood money. Fishing overall has been good, but just. Well, hopefully we'll have some great fishing in El Salvador. Yeah, man. Yeah, we'll do a pod down there. We should. So, all right, bro. Well, that was fun. Thank you, everybody, for listening. If you guys have any questions, comments, feel free. If you're disappointed or enthusiastic, feel free to let us know. Um, I'm used to the disappointment. So, check out Hook Optics and uh, Front Runner. Thank you for them for being our sponsors, though. See you guys later. Thanks, buddy. Thanks, guys. See you soon. Yeah.